Welcome to the Corporate Treasury 101 podcast. This is the second part of our full interview with Danilo Gonzalez, where we discuss the challenges in trade finance within the energy sector. In the episode of today, expect to learn what are the primary challenges and obstacles encountered in dealing with trade finance in the energy sector, how does trade finance in the energy sector differs from other industries, whether there are ESG challenges specific to the energy sector, how do fluctuating energy prices, both on the macro and micro scales, impact trade finance decisions and strategies? And like always, much, much more. Another interview that happened in person and you can find it on YouTube and watch Husam and I interview Danilo, who has been fantastic to us, especially for a first industry focus interview. We hope you will enjoy the episode. If that is the case, and when you're thinking about how you found our podcast, chances are that it was through word of mouth social media, or a recommendation from your favorite podcast platform. And this is our only request to you. The best way you can support the podcast is to head to YouTube and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Corporate Treasury 101. That will mean the world to us and help more people learn about treasury. On another other note, this episode is brought to you by Automation Boutique. Automation Boutique is empowering treasury, finance, and risk management with tailored automation solutions. They use Robotic Process Automation, RPA, AI, APIs, and Power Query to create automations that can work with your existing systems. We partnered with Automation Boutique as we really like their approach to innovation and how they help the industry. For this partnership, they came up with an AI-powered automation self-scan that can help you find out if a business process is suitable for automation and how to best get started. It is totally free non-intrusive and only takes about 15 minutes. What's great is that the report you will get from the scan helps you determine if the benefits of the automation outweigh the costs. If you want to have a look, head to the link in the description or to automationboutique.com slash corporate treasury 101. And with all that being said, please welcome Danilo Gonzalez. Danilo, to shift to the energy sector, which is maybe where you have particular good insights in this sector. How does trade finance manifest uniquely in this particular industry, the energy one? Well, in the energy, as, as in many other areas, let's put it this way, it, it, it all depends on what you do. So what, what is your business? Um, it's not the same if you, if you make a turbine engines or the gas turbines, or if you make ships, or if you make uh, only batteries, because the tenors or your project is going to be a long one, like a, let's imagine a fabrication of a turbine and plus 15 years of maintenance. Mm -hmm. It means that, uh, that your, uh, your warranties will take years to be to mature. Right. And these long tenors will block your lines because they won't, it. they won't be revolving as fast as you want. So if you sell a product that is going to take for one year, then every year you will recover your utilization. If you block your line for 10 years, five years, then you are blocked for this period, this long period. 
and then you very easily you will block your line for 200 million let's put it this way so that's that's the key um and in in our company if you need to build uh, an a turbine it's gonna be probably a contract for 50 years together with the maintenance so it's it's very difficult to not to offer warranties for long periods yeah. So how do you how do you walk around that? Because I mean, the more you grow, the more turbines you will eventually sell, and so the more credit line you're using. But then the banks they are not going to grant you a limited amount of credit, right? So yeah. how do you walk around that very long tenor that is specific to the energy sector? You need to set some policies like uh, how much I am going to do. I am going to I am going to offer in terms of, uh, for example, warranties according to the to the type so for example you can say only 10 percent of the contract for performance only five percent on, on beat bonds uh five percent on warrants for example so then then you cannot offer more than that mm -hmm. uh, you can say i'm not going to offer parallel warrants warranties for example uh, uh performance plus warrant at the same time mm -hmm. because that makes sense because it's a the life cycle goes one after another uh, even though class clients can ask for this, but we try to avoid this. Another way to avoid this is uh, parent company warranties, which this is a good solution because then you don't need to use a, a bank or a financial institution for that. And also you can offer corporate warranties yeah. that comes from your, from your parent company. So the corporates, uh, the uh, corporate warranties are exactly the same as as a bank warranty, the difference is that if it's executed, who pays is your is your mother company and not the bank. But that, that takes a bit away from the third party. Yes. So it. How does the risk get mitigated in that regard? Well, it's it's not very popular. I have to say. So mm -hmm. it's a, a, a lot of clients say no. I want a third party, a, a different institution rather than your parent company. Um, but uh, on the other way around. Uh, you always we say, uh, well, uh, it's true that is we are for the same group, but nobody want to risk the reputation that of a non-payment. So uh, if the conditions are met, just we, we, you need to pay because it's a contract. A contract is a contract, and we need to we need to celebrate this contract accordingly. So at the end. Uh, I'm guessing that those kind of funds, where I, I had heard of this happen or could happen, for example, is if you have an international company that has operations in a subsidiary in Africa, Asia, like less, uh, more, more risky countries, um, if they have a head office in the US or head office in Germany or head office somewhere else, then I guess it would make sense a little bit more, right? So, for example, uh, if you have a company based in let's say Mozambique, we were discussing mm -hmm. earlier, um, who needs to buy equipment from Germany, right? Then the company in Germany that's selling the metal or the material would say, ah, wait, uh, I feel risk in doing a transaction with Mozambique. I don't know the jurisdiction, I don't know this. Yes, you say you're this company, but you know, I have no guarantee. But they say, okay, my parent company is also based in Germany. They can guarantee it. They say, okay, I understand German jurisdiction. I believe that I can take this risk and it's a lower risk for me. I wouldn't get trade finance with a German company. I would with a company in Mozambique because I don't understand the jurisdiction. And then maybe there is, yes, there is a small difference between a parent company warranty or a corporate uh, warranty. 
the parent companies is based on the on the fact that if I don't fulfill my commitments, my parent company will do it. The corporate is the payment side. No, if I don't, I, I don't fulfill my agreement, then you can execute the warranty and they will pay for me. Hmm. So it's it's more the payment side, and the other is more the fulfillment of the activities when you make a, pay, a buying company warranty. Interesting. So for performance, it will make sense to actually have a guarantee from a same entity, which is at the level because they have the knowledge. A bank will not, I don't know, implement and start building your turbine uh, in your place. They will pay for it eventually, but they will not fulfill the object of the, the obligations. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Does renewable energy sector have any differences versus the broader energy sector? Uh, yes, because uh, well, renewables is it's basically something that you can uh, redo, no? Uh, and uh, not every in not everything in the energy sector is renewable, right? So it's it's the, the um, even when we say sustainability, so not everything that it's green is sustainable. Right, because it it, go, it comes with the with the fact of of the use of the reuse of the nature, but as well um, how green you are at the same time. So this is this is the key element when when we talk about renewable and sustainability at the same time. How does that affect the trade finance aspect, or does it? it we we see we see now institutions, banks especially, that they want to be greener, right? So they would. They are looking at the portfolios where they can invest the money in in terms of how can I be greener. Um, so I'm going to look at the energy renewals business or uh, waste management or um, water management, reduce of uh, emissions uh, and put the investment in, in those projects that are ESG related, let's put it this way in order to increase my numbers um, in or my rating in this in this regard. Banks, so would they give you more favorable rates as a renewable company? Because uh, it benefits them to get a better ESG score, which lends them to better favorable rates from their central banks, for example, right? That's kind of where they're... I think this, this plan is coming, but, uh, but I think now it's behind the curtains still in which, the, you know, they have, every bank has an internal credit committee. No? Mm -hmm. They will assess your company and probably the green factor will give you extra points in the, and then you will get a pricing based on this. Mm -hmm. I trust it's more or less like this, but, uh, but we are not inside the bank to say, okay, how you are assessing your credit rating in order to see if I am. If, if my green part is helping me, right? Yeah. And it's and it's not a bad thing. Huh? On the contrary, right? If uh, you can get more credit, it, the banks also it, it's uh, it's going to be an advantage uh, if it's if it's the case. If this, uh, I mean, this is what we are hoping for because we are uh, our company is investing in this, you know, in this sustainability, affordability, and reliable energy. So yes, but in the type of instruments or the amounts involved or the tenors in involved, is there any difference compared to the traditional uh, quote-unquote energy sector it will be pretty much the same it's just no, the, it's the same the bank that changed it is the same uh, and uh, even though when in for example in previous when we were a big conglomerate uh, uh, trade finance can receive a, a, a request from mobility sector from energy or health engineer sector and then a trade finance department is kind of agnostic uh, regarding the, the the area you will treat 
as a normal transaction uh, towards the bank. Now things are changing. Yeah? So probably they will they will look for these projects or even try to uh, invest on these projects. No? Where 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 are the green companies in order to um, create new products, yeah. uh, uh, new policies for for uh, uh, companies that are uh, greener than than the others. Mm. Okay, super interesting. Do you have specific examples or case studies where you saw trade finance really enable something in the energy sector from your experience? Um, yeah, I mean, I can mention a couple of examples. Uh, um, in Italy, for instance, uh, there was a, we, we are building a big power plant uh, in Australia, and there is a, another one in, which is called the Tyrrhenian Link, which is the connection between the Sardinia, Sicily, Sicily Island with the mainland. Okay. So there is uh, going to be with the football. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere around there. Yeah, the connection of the two. <laughs> exactly. And there is going to be a, an electrification system, um, a massive one that is going to it's going to provide sustainable energy to millions of, of people there. Amazing. And um, and this can only achieve if you have a project export finance in place for the customer, because otherwise it's impossible for them. Plus, um, you have a you need to issue warranties for your for your customer. But as well, there was another component is the customs authorities. So when you bring the players, you bring, for example, Germany into, into the game, they need to pay the customs authorities. And um, the only way to pay customs, you need to open a dedicated account for this. You need to issue another warranty for, for the customs authority as a compulsory requirement. So with a good expertise in treasury, you can tackle all of these, all of these problems that you will face uh, in order to pay customs to issue warranties, to um, avoid risk uh, with the tax authorities and put everything in place uh, in an easy way, let's put it this way. Um, but it was a combination of trade finance plus cash management plus uh, project export finance all together in, in all these big projects. So not to take too much of attention, but what do you call project export finance? Like how is it linked to trade finance or how is it different? It's when, when, for example, um, um, a financial institution will help uh, the customer to uh, fulfill the contract. Okay. But it's this specific project. Okay. So it's not that because I need money, uh, somebody will, will solve my solvency problems. No, it's just for this project, I will sponsor you in this specific project because I see there will be receivables that you will achieve this this revenue, and then I will I will finance your project. So they are not financing the client in particular. They are not financing a project, exactly. an idea, something that needs to yes. Come and around. and for this, sometimes uh, seller and buyer agree on who will be this potential sponsor, mm. and um, this helps this helps to to the client because the client might not have the um, the, let's say the financial capabilities to achieve what is required, mm -hmm. and this is where the third party comes in play and assist in the in what what is missing. Awesome. And so maybe to stay on that example, but also in general, that are they particular instruments that are more frequently used in the energy sector? I think you mentioned uh, you wouldn't make a mix of multiple ones, performance and warranty, but like what are the most used trade finance instruments in the energy sector overall? Uh, warranties, 
LCs, uh, but again, everything depends on where LCs. you are operating. Okay. For example, um, Pakistan is a country where LCs are compulsory. Okay. And, uh, in Angola, it used to be the case that it was abolished, like three, four years ago, it was abolished. Why, do, why would the comp uh, I'm sorry, why would the country make letters of credits uh, mandatory? For security reasons, okay. uh, it's a regulatory requirement from the government. Yeah, yeah. So the regulators in the country can say, uh, we want to make sure that this money is paid. Mm -hmm. So you, the instrument to be used is a letter of credit. Uh, otherwise, you cannot take the money out. And these regulators can can define the the only way to to transact in certain countries, mm -hmm. in certain markets. So it, it will depend on where you operate, and then you need to be flexible. In the, in the in Latin, for example, in Latin America, they use a lot of um, a lot of insurance companies more than than financial institutions and banks with credit lines. It's, uh, here in Europe we don't use much, but it's uh, it's more expensive as well. Uh, at least in Europe, it's uh, uh, getting the same value of a warranty from an insurance company could be a little bit more expensive than. Uh, than what the banks can offer. And the ESG point we've already covered as well, right? So banks really look at it quite differently as well. So that's kind of super interesting. So is the energy, are there any differences in uh, the energy sector as a, as a sector itself? Because coming from Siemens Energy, you're in this really, and you were in broader Siemens before as well, right? So you kind of probably seen other developments as well. Is the energy sector really treated differently to other sectors in any way? Because you're, you're not selling, so just to be clear as well, you're not selling kilojoules of energy. You're selling equipment and construction projects to build energy production, right? Is it just like any machinery or is there any other differences in treasury for the energy sector? It's, um, in, in energy, it, it, again, it depends on, it depends on what you are, you are building, no? Um, the frequency, for example, if you if you sell computers, probably your um, your risk is going to take one month, and then then you start again. Mm -hmm. If you are building a turbine, uh, then it's gonna it's gonna take years. Um, that's the main difference, the tenor. Um, then for the rest, treasury wise, it can be treated in a similar way. It's a contract. You need to handle it. You need to. Uh, mitigate the risk, need to uh, communicate with uh, with the banks, with the client. Similar process to to any other business, I would say. So, what is that warranty? Because I, I feel like the warranty aspect is probably the maintenance and aspect. Yeah. Sorry, is mm -hmm. the is the main difference, I guess. Then, because you have this equipment that you're maintaining, and you have a service contract for that going onwards. If you install a big wind turbine, you're also doing maintenance of that turbine, typically as the as the original supplier. What are the treasury implications of, of maintenance contracts after? It's a good one because, uh, I am, of course, uh, if you see the fluctuations on the pricing and uh, all the situations that we are facing with uh, Ukraine war and so on, you need to anticipate. Uh, I mean, you can always renegotiate, but uh, it's not, it's not going to happen every time. I mean, you need to agree with your customer uh, if the conditions change. What are we going to do in terms of uh, in terms of the after warranties? Um, and because uh, yeah, maintaining a wind turbine in Ukraine is quite difficult. Right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, and uh, of course the raw materials raised. 
uh, raise the prices. So you need to adjust your offer because okay. when you make an offer, you of course you will include the warranties that they are requesting, the mm -hmm. price, or the price that you are going to spend on this. So if the if all of a sudden um, I need to pay more for this because of the any situation, then you you need to anticipate this. Otherwise, your margin will be affected. So it's uh, it's very important to try to assess, forecast your needs. Uh, also consider that a credit line will not happen from one day to another. Could be a long negotiation for months <laughs> with banks. <laughs> and is that so? Are there uh, what are there any treasury instruments that you use for that? Is it are you using trade? You're not using trade finance for maintenance contract, are you? I mean, if they they can say so, they can say that uh, um, I want a maintenance because the maintenance also imp imply pieces, re pieces replacement equipment. So exactly, parts so, that wear out. Yeah, and everything like yeah. That. But it's it's less. No, it could be five percent of the contract. And so, so that be a performance guarantee, or would that be another type of guarantee in that case? It could be a warrant. Okay, a warrant makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Who are the who are the typical clients of the energy sector? Obviously, in construction work, it happens that a lot of times those are governmental institutions, cities, and so on. How how does it go for the energy? I'm, I'm saying this because obviously the governmental institutions will always ask for guarantees from the providers, and that involves banks. But so, in the energy sector, who are the typical clients, and would they I always will, ask for? Uh, I would say. Maybe eighty percent are probably public customers. So, so it's the, it's the government institutions, yeah, institutions mm -hmm. and uh, the other twenty maybe is uh, they are uh, related partners, right? Because uh, at the end you won't build everything alone, right? So you get some partners, and either you combine the the, the request together with your partner in order to face to to have one face to the customer, or you share the risk. I do my part, you do your part, and then we we go to the customer as a as a joint venture mm -hmm. or consortium, whatever. So there are different ways of uh, doing this.